Three. All right, hello everybody and welcome to Sober Speak. I'm sitting here with Michelle today. Michelle with how many L's in your name, Michelle? One L. One L. And uh, we're going to have Michelle do a daily reading. So Michelle, you have uh, one of your favorite readings and I'm going to go ahead and have you read that for, to start us off here. Fantastic. Okay, this is um, and it's a it's an old reading, but I like to read this sometimes every other day. It says, "Do not hide your light under a bushel. Arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen in thee. The glory of the Lord shines in the beauty of a man's character. It is risen in you, even though you can realize it only in part. Now you see as in a glass darkly, but later you will see face to face." The glory of the Lord is too dazzling for mortals to see fully on earth. But some of this glory is risen in you when you try to reflect the light in your life. And what this is referring to is that the daily, there's a thought for the day, and it's talking about um, you always putting things off until tomorrow, and then the result is never getting it done. And uh, now, uh, under the influence of alcohol, from this, from this reading, it says, I had grandiose plans. When I was sober, I was too busy getting over my drunk to start saying, someday I'll do that, but I never did it. In AA, I learned it's better to make a mistake once in a while than to never do anything at all. We learn by trial and error, but we must act now and not put it off until tomorrow. Have I learned to do it now? That's the yeah. meditation and thought for the day. Very nice, Michelle. Thank you for reading that. Mm-hmm. Um, just at a Sober Speak, remember, you will find podcasts of people sharing their experience, strength, and recovery, much like you do at an AA speaker meeting. Uh, these men and women tell us about their story centered around the AA 12 Steps of Recovery. My name is John M. I'm an alcoholic, and I'll be the host of this episode. Uh, remember, you can contact us at any time by either going to the website, Sober Speak. Dot com, or you can send us feedback directly at feedback at soberspeak.com. Soberspeak is a self-supporting uh, organization through our own contributions. We are not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. We do not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor oppose any causes. Please remember, we do not speak for any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We're here to share experience, strength, and hope. For those who wish to, for those who wish to come along for the ride, take what you want and leave the rest behind. So once again, I have Michelle. Michelle, you want to go ahead and uh, identify yourself? I, I'm Michelle. Sounds good. I'm Michelle, and I'm definitely an alcoholic. Okay. What's your sobriety day, Michelle? Uh, June sixteenth, two thousand fourteen. All right, June sixteenth, two thousand fourteen. We're glad you're here. The reason I have Michelle here today is because I've uh, I've been with Michelle through many different meetings. I love hearing what she has to say, and I think she's got a great story to share. And we're going to get right into it. But first of all, what we're going to do, and Michelle has no idea this is coming. Okay. Michelle, you're a teacher, right? Yes. You work in the uh, school district. And uh, I am going to give Michelle a little AA trivia pop quiz here. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you're going to do just fine. She's shaking her head. Um, The reason I'm just trying different things here on Sober Speak, and I thought just a little AA trivia to loosen things up. All right. So, Michelle. And, and uh, everybody uh, listening also uh, on the podcast, you're welcome to play along at home, as they say. So, Michelle, number, number one question, what is the de- acknowledged to be the birthday of Alcoholics Anonymous? Is it A, July 16th, 1932, 
B, July 30th, 1935, C, June 10th, 1935, or D, June 20th, 1938? Oh, my, first, my first gut is A. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, you were wrong. By the way, that's our, uh, we have a great technical um, uh, ability here at uh, Sober Speak. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, the, that, uh, that yeah. bomb. You're right, you're right. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, me making sounds. Okay, so it is C, June 10th, 1935. Okay, so this one should be a little bit easier, okay. right? <laughs> Who are the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous? A, is it Bob Johnson and Dr. Bill Jones? B, Bob Wilson and Dr. Bill Smith? C, Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob Smith? Or C, Bill Johnson and Dr. Bob Jones. Okay, say B and C again. <laughs> B, I, all the different, it's like I know the I names. understand, right. <laughs> B is Bob Wilson and Dr. Bill Smith. And C is Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob Smith. Bill and Bob, I want to say C. See, yeah, that's okay. It. I was like, okay, I'm like, I know that. Honestly, I think if I would have just said, if there would have been an answer, not an ABC, not to multiple choice, that I probably would have answered quickly. But then you start right. double guessing. I'm like, is it this one or it this makes one? It a little bit okay, good. Right. I got yeah. Okay, number three oh, is no. okay. <laughs> what is the official text of the of Alcoholics Anonymous sometimes called? We have one of these sitting here. Uh-huh. On the desk for Sober Speak, and it is A, the lifeline, B, the green book, C, the no booze book, or C, the big book. Okay, the last one, the big book. Me, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, okay. The visuals are good for me. <laughs> All right, here we go with another one. What does Alcoholics Anonymous state to be its spiritual foundation? A, sobriety. B, God. C, spirituality. And D, anonymity. D? What is the spiritual foundation? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, D. Right, okay. Yeah, 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 you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the name of the physician who wrote the doctor's opinion in the AA Big Book? A, Dr. Philip Green. B, Dr. Bob Smith. C, Dr. William Silkworth. Or D, Dr. Thomas Wright. Oh, my god. Wrote the doctor's opinion in the Big Book. What is the name of the physician? It's really easy, but it's like hearing all those similar names. Yeah. What was B again? B was Dr. Bob Smith. No. Um, and C was Dr. William Silkworth. Is it C? It is C. Okay, yes, okay. yes. <laughs> Folks, okay. it's really not giving me the answers. I'm really You're struggling. Right, right, yeah. I'm looking around. <laughs> If I were you, I'd be like just holding up the answer on a card. Just no, say no, this. no. Just say this. <laughs> no, it's uh, we. Uh, it's one of the spiritual foundations, uh, or is one of the principles of AA. Rigorous, rigor, yeah, rigorous yes, honesty. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the last one here. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here is according to the forward of the big book. Now, this is one that was tough for me. Okay. Okay. What percentage of alcoholics who came to AA achieved total sobriety? 
According to the forward of the okay. big book, what percentage of alcoholics who came to AA achieved total sobriety? Is it A, 25%, B, none, C, 75%, or D, 50%? You know, originally, I was thinking 10%, so I'm going to say 25%. No? It says 50%. Oh, okay. 50%, thinking, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I know that number is not as high nowadays, but... The, yeah, I think I was thinking more so now, because I feel like I heard right. somewhere it's only 10%. Right. But. We could do a whole yeah. show on that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this just lets you know that when you come to the mic of Sober Speak, you never know exactly what is going to come your way. <laughs> so make sure that when you come into the studio... By the way, the studio is... Uh, guest bedroom. Very it was a very kind of like this. Okay, yes. well, thank you. At least it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a corner of uh, the guest bedroom uh, in our house, but it also doubles as a uh, but the yoga room, uh, <laughs> a guest room for guests. Uh, we also watch TV up here. It's a multi-purpose room. So <laughs> now it is a, 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 a studio for so to speak. All right. So nonetheless, let's get into your story. Okay. And I got to tell you, one of the first times that I thought about, uh, uh, one of the first times that that it struck me, what a wonderful story that is, listening to you in a meeting. And I told you this after a meeting one day, and that is that story that you tell about the Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah. And how uh, your years in sobriety, how it changed, and how you viewed that. So why don't you tell me... Go ahead and share with me again um, what that Jimmy Buffett concert meant <laughs> to you in terms of your sobriety. Well, um, when I was not sober, I would partake in the, the not so much the concert, just the, um, what is it called, the festivities ahead of time, yeah. you know, because the, the trailers are there all weekend and I have friends the tailgating that, type yeah, the tailgating, they, right. I have friends that get um, huge trailers and huge amounts of food and drink and we would go early and just spend the whole day and night there um you know needless to say it was it was it was something I looked forward to you know it didn't matter how sick I was the next day or anything like that it was something I looked forward to and just so everybody knows this is a uh, it's an annual event mm-hmm. Uh, here in our area, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that they uh, uh, put on. Uh, Jimmy Buffett comes in. Uh, what what time of year is it's that? It's like usually May or June. May or June. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like a nice way to kick off the summer. There you go. And you know they're called parrot heads. Yes. And people from all around come and they set up huge, you know, they buy like little lots and they're there for the entire weekend. I mean, and this is like almost a mile stretch. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because you could see it from the tollway, mm-hmm. you know. So if I'm heading north on the tollway, it starts like it starts even before Main Street and goes all the way to El Dorado. All the trailers, right. all the, so it's, it's right in the middle of my world. So when I participated in it, you know, I was there. I mean, it was... It was it was fun and but it wasn't very healthy at all for me. Um, <laughs> needless to say, though, it's something I really enjoyed. So when I got sober, you know, shortly after that event, um, it, it it was um, it, it was hard for me to be in that area. So I remember the first time when I missed it, and it was right when I just came into the rooms. I um, I had avoided I had avoided that whole area because I was angry. I was. Depressed. I was feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, I'm right. never going to have fun. I'm not going to get to go and hang out with these parrot heads and, you know, take random shots and do all these gross things. Oh, My life is over. Is exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
So um, I saw my sponsor uh, was like, just don't go near the area. Don't even, don't, just stay away. And so I did, because I didn't really want to go near it. So another year passes and um, didn't feel that anger and that woe was me, but I definitely felt that, oh man, that would kind of be fun. Right. You know, even though I'm like, I can't do it because I'm an alcoholic, right. but that would be fun. And I just remember, and at this point I was driving around, I, I wasn't, you know, banned from the area. My sponsor was like, mm-hmm. just, you can do your normal work. And I, and I remember you know, having to go north for some reason. And I was driving on the tollway and was like looking over. I'm like, oh, look at all the, the trail. This looks so much fun. Oh, I can't do it. But I really wish I was there. I wish I was a regular normal drinker, right? That's kind of what I was going at. Um, third time, you know, it was uh, none of that. You know, it was just like, I was like, wow, that's going to be really messy outside. You know, I mean, I was like more thinking of like, what a pain to clean all that stuff up and, you know, people having to travel and, you know, and, and I was just thinking, you know, it's so cool not I'm not, the, you know, not to not to feel hungover the next day and think about how all those sick people, sick people and blah, blah, blah. It was just like, it was really weird. And I was, and it hit me then that third time I was like wow, like I'm okay. Like I'm doing okay. It was just, it's not something that I thought about intentionally. I wasn't like, what am I going to think about Jimmy Buffett this year? You know, it just, you know, I don't even think I realized it was there until I happened to be driving on the tollway and seeing all those trailers. I'm like, oh, it's Jimmy Buffett. Like, oh, that's cool. And now it's not even something out and more now I'm like, oh, I hope people have fun. I hope they're safe. Like it's not even like, Ooh, I feel sorry for you guys. You're getting hungover. It's more like, hey, you know what? If you can do it, you know, I know a lot of people that don't are not alcoholics. They go and enjoy it safely, and right. they have fun, and they they build their big tent, you know, their big you know trailers and or bars or whatever. Right. And I see it more now. Like, good for you. That's neat. Hopefully, you're safe. But there's not one sip of me that desires to be there. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, and it's just like, I don't know. It's just interesting how that just kind of comes to you. Right. Like sobriety, that just comes to you. It's not, I wasn't seeking it. I wasn't trying to, but it was a good, it's a good reflection on how I'm doing my program. Right. You know? It's a, uh, I guess what they call a, a new normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and also what I was thinking is when you were talking about it, where it talks in the book about, at least where alcohol is concerned, not where Jimmy Buffett concerts yeah. are concerned, <laughs> but where alcohol is concerned is that we'll be placed in a, uh, a position of neutrality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're neither swearing it off uh, nor fighting it. We're mm-hmm. just in a, a position of neutrality mm-hmm. and it's just another day. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's very, I mean, that to me, that was a, a, a good summary of uh, uh, AA and what the 12 steps can do in your life, right? You just go through the process. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure it's not like when you came into the program, you thought, I just really need to get that Jimmy Buffett control, Jimmy Buffett concert <laughs> under control yeah. because I can't stop thinking about yeah. it. It was one of the unintended consequences yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that came out of just going through the process. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the solution a little bit. I've, I've heard you refer to the solution before many times. Uh, um, I get it. Uh, the book says there is a solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, from your perspective... Uh, when you think about the solution, how do you how do you see that? How do you explain it? Um, what comes to mind first thing when you think of the solution? Um, well, right now in my sobriety, it's getting out of myself. Now that might not have been my solution a year ago, but right now it's getting out of myself, and I feel like I've 
you know, these three and a half years of being sober, um, so much has changed, especially with my sobriety. And, and I've shared this in meetings. Sometimes my, my, my relationship, my higher power has kind of gone different ways. Um, but I think because I share that and people come up and give me their, you know, their suggestions, it's amazing. Like, so, so let's dive into that. A yeah. Little bit. When you say when it's gone different ways, and, mm-hmm. and I've been through that, I mm-hmm. understand it, right? Mm-hmm. But what what's your experience with that? When you say it's gone different ways, have you struggled with it? Well, recently I have. The past year I have. But when I came into the program, I didn't. I thought, oh, step two. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. You know, that's mm-hmm. no big deal. I can. I believe. You know, I can hand my life over to God, and I can. You know, believe he. You know, His will, not mine. Um, but I think it was more in my head and not my heart. And there was that conviction wasn't there because I think I used God as Santa, you know, I mean, I would pray to him, you know, get me out of this or give me this, you know, please help my marriage. Please, um, help me drink normal. Help me not be a bad person when I drink, you know, all of these things, you know, and I'm like, God didn't answer my prayers. And so I, I came to the program really relying on God to get me sober. But then once I got sober, I kind of started trying to take over stuff, which, didn't help my sobriety, my emotional sobriety. And so thank God I have a sponsor that kind of gets me back on track Mm -hmm. and gets me outside of myself. And for me, when I'm doing work, helping others, being a part of the fellowship, being part of service, Mm -hmm. that has been my solution. Um, But at the same time, I can do that and still let God out, like not have God with me, which is, I'm not proud of that, but I can, I can do a lot of the action, but I'm kind of like, but I got, I still got, I don't know if I trust you guys, which is, it's, it's, it's a little mature, but, um, that's kind of where I'm at now, you know? I mean, but, but because I've shared this in meetings and I talk to my sponsor, I talk to other friends in AA that I trust and that I see their walk and I respect their walk. They remind me, gently remind me, you know, God is with you. God does love you and, 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 and don't give up, you know? And so I have been praying more and, and it's, um, and it's not about getting what I want, it's getting what I need. And uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, I, I started in thinking, you know, hey, the God thing is not a big deal to me. And the more I've gone to the program, I've had this relationship like, I don't, like, don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't believe this anymore. Like this, you know, um, it's really weird. But um, I think I'm kind of coming back. But I'm, it's, it's now more my heart. Right. Not just my head, not just what I was taught in all my church classes. It's yeah. actually, it, I'm, I'm realizing that it, it is a relationship. And yeah. it's not about, again, and I, I've heard this in meetings and my sponsor tells me, um, it's being okay with the outcome. Right. No matter what it is, it's being okay with the outcome. You know, praying that God, that I'm okay with the outcome. Not not for what I want. And it yeah. says that in the big book. Yeah. We, we we have tried to get what we want. Stuff <laughs> will, you know, been reckless. And, 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 and that's... That's what I've done for a lot. So I'm just, um, so at this point, my solution is, is, you know, doing, working the steps, working with others, going to meetings and praying. Um, and, and the best way for me to do that is to get outside of myself. There's so many topics I want to talk to you about. I'm, I'm over here. I'm taking notes while she's... Uh, I'm trying to slow my talking right? down. Oh, I no, no, no. You talk the speed you want to talk. Okay. I mean, you know, it, it's normal. Everybody talks at a different speed. So, okay. In terms of self-will run riot and uh, uh, running the show and uh, being, you know, having a, you know, uh, uh, turning our life over to a quote, new director and such... Mm-hmm. What, tell me about your, your struggles with that. Or not only what happened when you came in, but what you still struggle with today. Can you talk about that? 
well, I can tell you, I definitely, my sponsor told me, I definitely still struggle with, you know, calling her more. And the reason why I don't call her as much as I should is because I still think I can run it. Um, as a teacher, yeah. I'm a team, I've been a team leader for many years. I have, you know, teams between 15 to 25, right. you know, for many years, mother of three, right. you know, and now being a single mother, I mean, even I ran the household, even when I was married, you right. know, and my, you know, ex-husband let me do, let me take care of everything. Right. And I, that's my role. <laughs> and so it was very hard for me to, um, and then I had God in his place, you know, on Sundays and Wednesdays maybe. And, you know, I managed it all. Um, but yet you know, towards the ending of my, of my drinking, you know, that's where it kind of started messing up. I couldn't, my, I couldn't manage my quote unquote regular life and my drinking because my drinking was getting worse. And that's when things started messing up for me. But, um, uh, the reason why I think I just, I have my personality is, uh, leader, you know, right. manager. Um, I was, te- I was my team mom or room mom. I mean, you just give me a list and I create lists. If there's no rules, I'll create rules. Like I am type A boundary, which, you know, which is, it's so opposite of me when I drink, when I drink, but that's my personality. So it's, it's, um, but I have to learn to let that go. I have to. And, and so, and, you know, and we all struggle with this, you know, but, but, you know, so I'm picturing this, you know, like you said, you're, you're running your household, uh, you're running things at work, uh, you're very on top of it, you're making lists, you're creating processes, and then somebody comes to us and they said, oh, but by the way, that's, it, it's okay to do some of those things, but you're going to have to turn over the results. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes very difficult. Yes. And the way that we do that, how would you describe that? I mean, because people wonder, well, what do you mean? I mean, you hear this all the time. They say, uh, uh, just turn it over to God. Right. Yeah. Just let go and let God. Mm-hmm. But what does that actually mean? How, do, how does that manifest itself? How do you make that happen? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I have to pray or and, and just pray throughout the day. Honestly, the pause the action behind that for me is pause because I start in my head, it starts running like, okay, I gotta do this, da, 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 da. And I have to say, stop, slow down and pause. And I've really intentionally, I practiced this, this past year because, um, every, you know, I'm trying to I'm interview for like, it's a principal. I'm trying to do all these different things. Yeah. So can you give us a real life example on how that works when you're pausing by any chance? It's, it's honestly to stop my brain. I have to stop. I mean, in real life is me. Just stop. I have to say literally stop, yeah. pause, pray. And then just in meditating and increasing my meditation, even, you know, throughout the day that has been, I never really utilized step 11 like I used to. And so literally throughout the day, I just have to be mindful of step 11. That has truly helped me calm down. Because when I calm down, it's, I don't have to do this, this, and this. And some things will take care of themselves. Some things will not. And let go, let God. I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of that. I believe the premise of it, but I believe there, there is action. Even when you let go, what is, well, what is let go, let go, let God mean? For me, it's like, just stop, Michelle. Stop your thinking because that's always where, that's where my problems start. You know, drinking, I thought about the drink way before I drink, you know, Uh, fighting with my ex or, you know, even my boyfriend now. I, I thought about it way before it even happened. And I've literally now, and it's funny because I. What about when you say it, are you talking about you've thought about 
Uh, like the, fighting, like an argument. Fight, like if right, I'm yes. bitter about, or if I feel like I've so been you're wrong, up, right. I'm, you know, I'm justified, my quote unquote justified anger. Right. Um, and I, I literally now do the opposite of I, I of what I think because I might tell myself, okay, well, I'm gonna tell him what I think about this, and I don't like the way he did this, and blah blah blah. So now I've literally practiced not saying anything and doing the opposite, and then whatever I assumed, it never comes out to be correct. And then it's a great rest of the day. And I think to myself, what if I opened my mouth and said what I thought or started arguing or whatever, then it would have been horrible. And it just wouldn't, and I would have had to make amends and it just would have been, but I've honestly learned that if I do the opposite of what I think, (laughs) and that's the result of pause, then life is good. And it's, it's embarrassing to say that. And I share it. My sponsor laughs because she's like, yeah, it shows how sick we are. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I literally have to do the opposite of what I think in my life. is. But it shows me how wrong I am about my perceptions. And and what you said about what does that look like, letting go, it's it's the pause for me. Yeah, I'm a fast thinker. I'm a fast talker. I run, you know, I mean, I, I'm fast. Right, right. And when I stop myself, like just stop, <laughs> then things seem to calm down. <laughs> Um, yes. And you know, I, I recently, this is like a, one of my, uh, uh, my kids had a, uh, w- one of these little educational sessions that I went to and they had a, a, a counselor there. This was up at our church and they, they said something, they were telling us about what they tell the kids. And I was like, Oh, this is all, apl- this is all applicable for adults. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there listening to it go, Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, I should try <laughs> that. Right. This yeah. is not for middle schoolers. And I mean, <laughs> But nonetheless, and they said in that, uh, during one of those sessions, they said, it's amazing that we as human beings, men or women, what you do is you, you come across a difficult situation and there's a particular story that you lock into in your head to basically protect yourself, mm-hmm. to basically say, I'm right, they're wrong, et cetera, whatever the story is. Mm-hmm. And they said, one thing you can practice is going up to somebody and saying, hey, in essence... This is the story I'm creating my, in my head. Is this right? And I, 90% yeah. of the time, it is not right. <laughs> you know, and people yeah. say, no, 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 that's not what I was thinking at all. Yeah. Uh, I just got through having one of those conversations today. Wow. Just today. Uh, and it was, a, it, was, it, was a, it was a great conversation. But all right. So anyway, you, you know, and this is kind of more of a side note there, but you talked about uh, being fast <laughs> And running, I know you're a runner, and I just want to ask you a little bit about that. And uh, do you, uh, how, how much do you run? Do you enjoy it? How does it help your recovery? And uh, just talk about your running a little bit. Well, I have to say, when I first started running about over 10 years ago, um, I, I was just doing a few miles, and then I, got, I kind of got that runner's high, and I really liked it. Yeah. But, you know, I also like drinking, so <laughs> I would only run in races where there was beer afterwards, especially free beer, because <laughs> right. I felt like I deserved it. I ran, you know, three miles here and 10Ks, and then I got to half marathons. And um, when I, um, I remember when I got sober running my first half marathon, uh-huh. not getting a beer after. Wow. It was weird. Yeah. And it sounds crazy. Like looking back, I'm like, God, I'm so dramatic, Michelle. You know? <laughs> but I remember thinking, oh, they're all having beers and I'm not, you know, I yeah. mean, it's that whole way, you yeah. know? And it's, it's just like, thank God for this program because I'm just a big baby. But, uh, um, so now I get to run in races, whether it has beer or not, does it phase me or not? You know, um, I have to tell you the last half marathon I did, they, they give out, Somebody, I was running and it was the Dallas Marathon, half marathon. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
they were trying to, they were giving me out like tequila shots, you know, and I'm running and I'm focused, you know, and I'm like, what? No, like, <laughs> but you know, they're like, why people are drinking? And I'm like, tequila I don't shot. want anything. Yeah. One yeah. guy was giving out, um, oh, just free Bud Light, yeah. you know, just and people were running by drinking a little bit squig or, you know, yeah, for yeah. fun. And I'm like, no desire, but I'm yeah. like, God, that would not be good for your run. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, running really helps me. I, um, I feel good when I run. It's, um, it's a release. Yeah. It, it's a release I need. I need yeah. this. Um, I have, and I'm in the process of moving and um, selling a house. And um, I have not put the, the discipline I typically have. It's, it's about three times a week. Um, the weekends are usually my long runs. Um, but I feel good. And just like my meetings, you know, um, people close to me, they're like, I can tell when you've ran and I can tell after a meeting. Because I hear you, mm-hmm. you talk fast, and you you're happy, and and, and so um, people close Amazing. to me are like, "Have you been to a meeting? Have you been on a run?" You know, that's my that's my go to. Um, uh, running for me is uh, it just it, it kind of it, it's a it's another meditation, you uh-huh. know. But I, but but it makes me like it feels good, and I'm an alcoholic. I like things that feel good, <laughs> so I I really feel good. I know people are like how how is that possible? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to question it nor overthink it. I'm just going to do it. And, uh, that's, that's really it. And it's good for me to have personal goals, you know, yeah. try and get faster or try and, you know, I'm really slow, but, um, it's, I'm like, I feel like if I'm still running in my forties then hopefully I'll be running in my fifties and you know, we'll see. There you go. You know, a, a really good friend of mine. In fact, he's been on the podcast, uh, Clay D. He, uh, is a runner or was a runner, I should say, but he just recently, uh, I don't know, he got to be, um, assuming like 65 or so he had to have both knees replaced, but I know oh, wow. that doesn't happen every time, yeah. <laughs> right? I know, but I know that it's kind of a catch 22, you know, I, I want to do this, but sometimes it can be hard on my joints, but Hey, you know, you just got to go with what feels right at the mm-hmm. time. Um, okay. So You've made reference to it a couple times, and we had a little bit of a conversation here right before we were about to begin the uh, podcast, and that is uh, you've been through uh, many changes, uh, uh, right, like coming into sobriety, uh, um, uh, getting sober, and even up through today, right? Uh, Things are kind of swirling around you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't you talk about those changes, um, um, how they've affected you, what they've meant to you in sobriety, and... Share a little bit about that. Um, well, when I came into the program, you know, I wasn't, you know, in the program for good behavior, obviously. You know, I was in the program <laughs> because the state of Texas was like, you need to go to AA. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. Um, because uh, that's what it took for me. You know, I, you know, there's this, I have a friend who says, his sponsor told him, you know, people, it's hard for people that are maybe good looking and smart, you know, and educated to get sober. It's very hard for them because they think they're too smart for it. And they, and he told me that they, that she told him that he didn't have to worry about that. (laughs) But he told me that that's why some people or me, I thought, you know, there's no way I can be alcoholic. I'm just too smart. I'm too goal driven. But you know. Today, I know it's nothing to do with that. Um, this disease is non-discriminatory. Um, in fact, intelligence can be uh, an impediment. Yeah. To yeah. Getting sober Not that sometimes. I'm that, but I mean, because I'm pretty, the more I'm, the sober I am, the more stupid I feel. Right. I'm like, wow, I'm really not smart. Um, uh, that being said, you know, I got into the program um, uh, not happy, but um, but I, it was my last, it was my bottom. I, I, I had nowhere else to go. And uh, my marriage was... Had always been bad. And how long much. had you been married at the time? Oh, gosh. 14 years, I believe. Okay. Maybe 15 years. And how many kids? Three. Three kids? Okay. Three. And, and um, how old were they um, when you got in? Marina's, I guess, 
12 or 13, um, 6, 8. Okay, 12, 6, and 8. Yeah, right in that area. yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha. And, um, they're, 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 yeah, they're pretty young. And, and, and for the most part, they, I kind of kept my drinking hidden. Like it was done when they went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my ex-husband, you know, I was very much like always, and, and he'll be the first to admit too. Like I really wanted the marriage to work. Um, I didn't understand why God would answer my prayers, blah, blah, blah. And so I drank. Oh, I was praying. I was, I, I really and, was. I really, cause I didn't, I mean, I didn't, my parents divorced. I didn't, I didn't want to do a divorce. I really didn't. Did you didn't. come from a religious type of background? A little bit, but not so much. Okay, it, so for it me, wasn't more it was more, per, it was more right. personal. It was more like, I really want this to work. I just, yeah. but you know, he even, he's, he's going through the annulment process for us. And he's like, wow, there's, we really shouldn't have gotten married. Here's all these. He's all going through the oh the annulment. The annulment yeah, project. yeah. He's very Catholic. Um, ah, he doesn't yeah. want to get married or anything unless we're annulled, which is fine. I'm like, if you want to do that, that's fine. I don't need to do that, but right. you could do that. And um, we've had some honest talks, and mm-hmm. and he admits that, that you know he probably should have gone to therapy. He should have gone, you know, even though you know, I, I we've had our our um, we went to therapy, you know, everything. I'm not a proponent of divorce. I. I feel like, you know, I sleep well at night knowing that I did really everything possible. I, I, there was no rock unturned, several different therapists, you know, and the fact was that he, he knew he didn't like to admit he, I had a problem because I hit it very well, but he knew I can get her to stop complaining if I bring her favorite beer. And he did. And I would drink and pass out pretty much almost every night on the couch in front of the TV. And did the kids have any idea that, like, when you got sobered, were they like... They know now. I mean, they could tell, but but I didn't really, like, I I drank lightly around them, um, but I didn't, they didn't really see any... Very interesting, right? They didn't see a whole lot. Right. I'm really... Probably one of the Jimmy Buffett's coming home. Um, I fell down the stairs and I got back up and I was laughing. But she saw. She's like, "That's weird, mom." I mean, she was probably ten, right. nine at the time, you know. And um, uh, you know, she didn't really say anything much. But I know that affected her. Right. You know, that was one thing I can remember. Right. Um, and then I was definitely nicer to her when I drank wine because she stresses me out. Uh-huh. And I would drink and I could talk to her because I would get so frustrated with her. Not proud of that, but I do remember feeling that uh-huh. way as a child because my dad, my dad's alcoholic. You know, I could tell when he was nice to me because he'd been drinking, you know. Uh-huh. And it was just, you know, it's just interesting the things you say you'll never do. But that being said, I have made my amends to my daughter and, and we're, we have a really good relationship now. But um, So I derailed you. So you were, you had just got into the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were going through. Of our, my marriage has always been rocky. Right. And... Um, but at the time, all I could think of was being sober. And then, of course, I'm like, I really want to divorce my husband. And my sponsor said, well, let's not make big decisions the first year. Let's let's focus on your sobriety this first year. Don't make any big decisions. And um, so I did that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, my intent wasn't to divorce him. I really still tried to work it out. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, he didn't really like the person that... <laughs> you were becoming... Yeah, he, he really didn't. And for me, I couldn't um, numb the pain anymore. Like I, you know, that beer helped me those lonely nights, you know, I mean, we slept in separate rooms for several years Mm -hmm. before separating. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like we were very close, but we were like friendly. We were like, we were like co-parents. There wasn't even fighting anymore. It was just kind of like, I'm, my point was I'll stay with him for the kids. Being sober, I'm like, I think there's more to life than this. (laughs) Like, I just don't think the kids, I don't want them to think this is what a marriage looks like, you know? And and at that point, he could tell I was kind of done. And then he was trying to do stuff and, or, or make amends or whatnot. But um, it was kind of over. And, 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 and we did. We ended up getting divorced. Um, very painful. Very painful. Um, even when you know it's done, it's still painful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we've had our moments, but we're very good co-parents for the most part. I really, that whole process of the divorce, I went to like a meeting every day. I had to because it would have been so easy for me to go back feeling sorry for myself and drinking. But I'm like, no, I, I, that would not be good. So for the people out there who have been through a divorce or perhaps are going through a divorce, you mm-hmm. know, can you talk about that pain a little bit more? What, what was it that, I mean, obviously it's just the divorce in particular, but was there anything particular, is there anything that you can point to during the divorce that, that caused the, the pain? Is there? Uh, uh, the feeling that you failed. Gotcha. The failure. Like, cause already you're like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. Right. Right. <laughs> now I'm divorced. <laughs> you know, it's like a cliche, you know, I'm like, I didn't want to be the cliche cause you hear it all the time. A lot of times people get divorced. I'm like, man, I should be like this sitcom. It'd be a very sad, sad sitcom. <laughs> Single divorcee, alcoholic. Can't go to Jimmy Buff anymore. Um, you know, that's like, who wants to watch that? You know? <laughs> Mm. You know, there was just a lot of, you know, it kind of went back to that hopelessness. Like, like I got sober, I was feeling good. And then you have, you live life on life's terms. And then when you go down that divorce path, you kind of, that hopelessness comes back. Am I going to die alone? I mean, and honestly, for me, I was like, I don't want to be with him. I mean, I was actually happy. I'm like, you know what? I've got a, hey, I don't need no man. I could just do the rest of my life. I know a lot of older women and men and AA that you know, are on their own. Right. I'm like, I, and not that I, I mean, I just, you know, at the time you, you know, when you're going to divorce, you, you don't think about right. ever being with anybody else. Right. I mean, at least I didn't. Right. Um, it's like when you move, when you move houses, you're like, I never yes. want to move again. Yes. But after the pain of moving uh, yeah. your house, I like guess it's like years. having children. I right. wouldn't know that, but I swear every time I got pregnant, I'm like, no more. <laughs> and then here's two and no more. Here's three. No, no more. <laughs> um, yeah, it's painful, but you forget yeah. because you experience life and things calm right. down yeah. and, you forget the pain and yeah. then um uh so yeah that was kind of where I was at um I, and so in terms of the changes so I know so that was the that was like three years ago but mm-hmm. you have had changes continue here throughout sobriety yeah. I mean I feel like God I, honestly when I get out of my way mm-hmm. and let God m- work around me mm-hmm. and in me like life is better mm-hmm. I'm still getting in my way and and I met somebody unexpectedly. Um, I dated a bit, you know, but I, I would see people only on the weeks when I didn't have my children. You know, when I had my kids, I was with my kids. Um, um, and I could have dated, but I was like, oh, you know, I don't, it's not a high priority. I mean, yeah. and honestly, I had dated since I was 24. You know, yeah. I'm in my 40s. Like, right. this, a lot of change. And, um, and I've been pleasantly surprised. I feel like, you know, I feel like I have good judgment. I think if I was drinking, I would make really bad choices. But because I'm sober, I feel like, and I tell this to my friends who are sober and my friends that are don't are alcoholics. I'm like, you can weed out. People blame an app for bad behavior. No, it's the person. Like, if you're getting these hints of they're not being appropriate or whatnot, like you, you should say bye. You know what I mean? Like don't, you know, and so for me, I felt like I had pretty good sense of like who I wanted to talk to. I can tell if somebody was not respectful or whatnot or a gentleman, like I still expect men to open doors for me. My expectations have not lowered, you know? And, and and so I've met some nice guys, you know? Um, but I still wasn't looking. And just, I'm, I've not been in this world for a while. So you're saying it's on an app. Like I met most of my men on an app because I don't go to bars. That's how I used to meet. Right. (laughs) And that's what I understand. Yeah. The the whole uh, dating scene has changed. It's all pretty much online. And I mean, now my friends who 
are not alcoholics. They mm-hmm. go to bars. They go to, there's a lot of other things besides bars, you know, but yeah. there's always drinking involved. And that was one of the big things too. I'm like, who's going to want to date me? I don't drink. And I, and I really, <laughs> and I really didn't want to date anybody in the rooms. You know, I just, not that there's not a lot of good men, but I, I just see. feel like I don't want that messing with me, right, right. you know, but, but again, like people would say, oh, we should go get a drink. And I'm like, well, I could, let's get some coffee and cake, you know? <laughs> That to me worked, you know, and they're like, okay, you know, um, so that was all new, like yeah. dating and not drinking, dating and online. I mean, I just, it was a brand new world and I was surprised because most of the men I met and dated, like we're ready for relationships, mm-hmm. like serious relationships. And wow. I was like, no, I'm just going to have fun. Like, <laughs> I do not want to have a boyfriend. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be a girlfriend. I just want to date whoever. And even my sponsor's like, you don't want to buy no car? Go drive them all around. <laughs> Amen, sister. No. Um, which is, yeah, I just, I was ready just to kind of, you know, find out who I liked, who, yeah. what are my tastes. Because it really wasn't a high priority up until just, you know, past year. Um, so, yeah, that, that you know, that, that was different. Um, but I. It's a constant struggle being divorced. And, um, you know, there's so, I can go in forever, but there's so many factors that when you have the kids at the same schools and you have all these people who are friends with you and your ex-husband, we've had a few people kind of pick sides. And I always told people, don't pick, you know, we're we're for the kids. You don't have to go with him or, you know what I mean? And some things have happened and it's been unfortunate, but, um, but you know, we've made it through And, 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 and people didn't even know until like after a year that I was divorced. Many didn't know because one, how do you, you don't post that stuff, you know, um, you don't share that on social media. But one of the biggest compliments I received was she goes, you know, your kids are so happy. Never. I never thought you guys have been divorced for so long. Mm -hmm. And that made me happy because like my kids are happy because we respect each other. You know, we, um, we don't talk bad about each other in front of the kids, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and they see that they see us as friends, you know? Um, and, and I mean, we don't do things together, you know, for us, but I mean, they, they feel safe. I think they, tr- they trust us, yeah. you know, and, um, and that's why they really are, they really are doing, there's like some show called the kids are all right. They really are all right. And I'm constantly asking, you know, and they're almost like mom, right? <laughs> things are good. Like, leave me alone. You know, and then, like their grades haven't fallen. Like there's nothing that's been like, my daughter's not golf. I mean, she's not, you know, mm-hmm. he's, the kids are succeeding. They're excited that, you know, my middle child's going to be in band. I mean, Knock on wood, you know, we've, I think we've done a good job of, of getting outside of how we feel about each other personally and putting our efforts into making sure they feel happy and loved. And that's, that's, and that to me, a lot of that has to do with the program because if I didn't have that, I would be very angry and bitter a lot. And I just, that's not healthy for me. I can't be angry and bitter or I don't want to be angry and bitter. I I have to choose forgiveness every day. I believe in choosing joy. You know, it's not something that just happens to you. You have, it's a choice, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's another action that I do daily. It's, it's, I hated gratitude meetings my first year. (laughs) (laughs) I can really appreciate them now. (laughs) I really do. It changed perspective, you know? I understand that. Um, okay. So, it was another. So also, I know that you are a teacher, as you mentioned mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And I've always been curious with teachers. You know, you you come into the program, you're one way, and then it must change. I'm assuming the way you see your job, the way you see your students, and your perspective. Uh, can you talk about being a teacher a little bit and how that's changed? Well, on a personal, 
I'm really, I started teaching, I've always taught early, um, young children with special needs. I've done that for over 13 years. Um, but the past four years, I've taught children with autism. And it's, I never drank before I started teaching children with autism. I mean, I, and I'm glad because honestly, I would be drunk every day. All my teacher friends drink heavily every day because wow. this job is so stressful. Right. And I am so grateful that I don't. I get invited happy hours all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and it is. It's the, the parents that are stressful. It's the, the kids are stressful. Um, I go to meetings. That's relieves my stress. And 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 it, what I think how the program or how being sober. I feel like I've always been a good listener. Even I've always had the I've had good leadership qualities. Yeah. Even before um, I got sober. Like I, I've I've always been a hard worker. Uh, it's just been built in me. I've always I've worked since I was sixteen. Had yeah. two jobs for most of my adult life. Right. I mean. Um, and, and, and employers appreciate that, you know, and they see me as a fair person. Um, uh, you know, so that being said, I feel like the program is just even um, the, the pausing. I, yeah. I get real angry because I a lot of times parents assume the worst in you, yeah. you know, um, and I want to be like, do you know how much I do for your kid? You know, <laughs> like I just want to jump back on that email, you know, yeah. um, but I'm like, no, oh. I might type it up, Pause. delete. Right. <laughs> I mean, or I'll say, hey, can you read this? And they'd be like, yeah, no, people I trust. Right. I would never do that before because I'm like, hey, I know this. Right. You know, I've got my graduate degree and I'm blah, 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 and I've done this and that and I've been published and that. No, I don't know Jack, you know, right. and I feel like the program has helped me with my humility. You know, right. it's not, it's, it's, it's not thinking less of myself. It's thinking of myself less often. And right. that helps just calm myself down, you right. know, and try to remember you know, that seek not to be understood, but to understand. I yeah. think I might've got that backwards, but it's to understand rather than be understood. Right. And I have to remind myself, these parents, what they're going through and their children. And it's, I can, I, it's hard for me to handle their kids three hours a day, you know, five days a week. I, they're with them full time. So it helps me with my patience. Tell me about the kind of drinker you were. And the only reason I do that is because I, you know, people listening, uh, you know, we have all kinds of different drinkers, right? To mm-hmm. come into AA. Uh, what type of drinker were you? Um, well, I was not a daily drinker. Um, I really did for many years. I, I would run. Um, I've always done well at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was able to separate that for, you know, from my drinking separate. Um, I felt like I wanted to be like the women in Sex and the City, like fancy, <laughs> sophisticated, drinking my Cosmopolitans. That's the type of drink I thought I was. I think I was more of a sloppy drunk. Um, <laughs> but, you know, honestly, though, I think for me, it took so long because I could drink a hundred times in a hundred different settings and 99 be okay. Like yeah. really like the few friends that I've told now, I guess a lot of my friends do know, but back when I first got in the program and I started sharing it to my friends who I drank with, mm-hmm. nobody believed me because they're yeah. like, you know, you're not the one out there starting fights. You're yeah. not the one falling over. Right. You're not the one, you know, uh, I guess acting what we think drunks are like, right. you know, because I really didn't. I, I, I um, for the most part, I could drink a few beers or wine and stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that one time <laughs> in that 100, you know, different that I heard somewhere that, you know, at 1% can change 90% of my life. Like, right. you know, and, and, and it, it was, um, you know, it was just like that. I would just change. And, 
And I had the whole list before I went out, you know, making sure I had food, making sure I had water, making mm-hmm. sure this, making sure, you know, all of these management strategies that really rarely worked. It was <laughs> pathetic. It was just the effort it took to go out and drink for me. You would think that would stop me, but I'm an alcoholic. It's not. I'm still going to go out and drink. If you give me a list of 50 things I need to check off before I can drink, I will do it. You know, I mean, I, you know, but a lot of times I drink alone. Um I could date myself. Like even when I wasn't married, you know, we would do separate things and I would stay home and have a bottle of wine and spaghetti and watch a movie by myself. That was good. Um, drinking a whole bottle was nothing. Um, uh, early on, I didn't start drinking until college. Um, cause I didn't want to drink cause of my dad. Um, but I started blacking out right away. Like after six months, like mm-hmm. there was something different. And I think, I don't think I know that first time I drank in college, something was different. I could, it just, there was a different feeling I never felt before, mm-hmm. and it was very good at the time. I <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, so you know, heavy drinker in college, in my twenties, slowed down as a mother, mm-hmm. but didn't. It just looked different. Um, I didn't drink daily just because I had kids and, and this and that, but um, uh, I, it was a lot of times by myself, um, just because I. I don't know. That's all I knew. Right. I mean, I didn't really go out all the time. You have three kids at the house, you know, and uh, I did, but you know, not all the time. <laughs> I escaped sometimes, but um, yeah, that's that's the type of drinker that I was. I never got the shakes or anything like that. I never right. had those type of withdrawals when I didn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, so it was just interesting, you yeah. know. Just it just sporadically. Sometimes I was fine, right, and sometimes I wasn't. That's right. Well, Michelle. I don't know if you know this, but we've been talking for quite some time, I, and it probably flies by. It does. usually does for people. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in. I'm going to close it out now by reading page 164 of the big book, uh, the last part of it. So this is page 164 from Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, the big book, as we know it's called, <laughs> from the quiz earlier. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, it's Sober Speak. If you want to contact us, feel free to email at feedback at soberspeak.com. Once again, Michelle, really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. God bless you.